Hello and welcome to the Cloud Core podcast, brought to you by NordCloud, where we discuss everything cloud. Now sit back, relax, listen in, and enjoy. Hello and welcome, everybody, to another episode of the Cloud Core podcast here in 2024. Neues Spiel, neues Glück, as the Germans say. We welcome the new year, the new, new ninja on the wall. Um, but some things stay the same, like two of my colleagues joining me today to once again discuss what else but the cloud. Today's episode will specifically focus on cloud migrations or DC exit, as they call it as well. With me here today, I've got Jan and Piotr. Jan, we'll start with you. H before beauty, as they say. So if you could quickly introduce yourself, uh, tell our listeners or viewers um, what your position is at NordCloud, how long you've been with the company, where you're located, and what you do on a daily basis. My name is Jan Husak. I'm based in um, Switzerland. I'm based in the city of Basel, and I am with NordCloud since about two years. My role at NordCloud is I'm called a delivery executive. And actually, it's basically a central role of facing or helping the customer actually with our delivery and the managed cloud capabilities to get the best out of North Cloud into their, uh, for their business or for their, for their needs. Yep. Let's move to you. Next, if you could quickly introduce yourself and uh, tell again the listeners a little bit about yourself. Of course. Good morning. My name is Piotr. I work for North Cloud for over three three and a half years now. I've been doing all sorts of work in project management area. Also was leading the team of project managers over here in Nordcloud. But with the transition approximately two years ago into this enterprise customer, I have uh, dropped everything and just focusing on the delivery part of the cloud migration and transition for this customer. Let's dive right in and talk and talk cloud migrations. My first question, just to lose one to kick things off, is help our, our listeners, our viewers, and also myself, I guess, understand uh, in terms of scale, what are we talking about? Like, what are from your experience? Because again, we're talking practitioners here today, not to, uh, not to theorists. What are kind of like the smallest migrations that you can across and what are the biggest ones? Like what are we talking in terms of scope? I don't know, VM count wise, for example. It's really on both sides, uh, you can go extreme. So it can be as small as a, a startup company that is just looking for some virtualization of their environment and doing this in the cloud. And then the scope is like really limited to a handful of services or applications. Uh, on the other hand, you can end up in a very complex environment with an enterprise customer where you have hundreds, if not thousands of applications. So both of you, like I mentioned before, are actually doers, practitioners, so you have war stories to tell from the trenches of cloud migrations and not those, not that those are wars in general, but certainly, you know, something that you have to put a lot of uh, thought and uh, effort into to, to plan them out nicely. So looking back from the experience that you already have, both of you, what are kind of like the biggest 
takeaways, like uh, lessons learned that you that you've acquired in your years of TCXs and cloud migrations? I think the biggest learnings are sitting around the the mandate or the business case for the actual move or transition to the cloud. If this is done like as an idea that someone has in an organization, it will simply look like you need to get a really, especially for bigger customers, you need to really think this through. You need to think how you want to transition your operating model after you move to the cloud. What do you do with your staff? Do you keep your staff and upskill them? If yes, then you should plan the same. Or if you want to do something different, that also needs to be prepared and planned in. All the applications, migration, I guess would be not successful or almost not successful if it would only be driven by IT. So the business buy-in is a must if you want to make such a move successful. There is a n not really a good understanding of the, I call it organizational change management. So you need to change your entire organization, not only IT, but also business needs to start looking and thinking differently when you do the move to the cloud. And without that, um, you have hiccups, you have pitfalls, and you stumble across all sorts of resistance as well uh, from the downstream teams. And also, of course, you need to have this backed up by a good strategy that you want to use in the cloud. You want to have this planned in. If you want to do a quick DC exit, then it is, it should be planned in to have a optimization um, kind of time frame for making this more and more cost efficient running in the cloud. But also when you already start moving into the cloud, it's important that the organization's teams are starting to get to know how the things work over there and how to, uh, how things are different from the, from the data center and changing this, this is just a new data center mindset is also kind of very important lesson that I have observed in many customers so far. They treat cloud as a next data center. And then this basically um, ends up in not really realizing any of the benefits that the cloud can give you as a step two um, when you are already established in the cloud and you have the operating model in the cloud. You need to start utilizing this. Okay. A lot to unpack there. I think you touched at least on three very important points that I kind of want to circle back to. <clears throat> One of them being cloud access strategy, where when you mentioned it, I saw Jan smiling already because I know he wrote a whole blog post on just that. So I'm sure we're going to uh, touch on that uh, in this podcast still. 
Um, but the other two that I found very interesting and important is one, the buy-in. So again, simplifying for my, you know, layman's terms head is if it's just the idea of one guy in the IT department to, oh, this is fancy thing, the cloud, let's do it. But there's no real buy-in, no, like I said, mandate is from the, the business, from all of the parties that are involved. I imagine a cloud migration like that is a very tough road ahead or will actually never be embarked upon. So that's one thing. And then you also mentioned um, the operating model. And again, if you're not in the trenches like you guys are every day, it's something that might slip your mind that again, the cloud is not just a different data center. It's a whole, whole not the beast in terms of possibilities. And if you want to take full benefit, it's not just a matter of migrating, but also kind of adapting your, your operations, how you run your company and your IT department to take benefit of that, right? Yes, exactly. Just take an example of, uh, you know, um, of course, there is some limited capacity in the data center, but basically the, the mindset gives you this feeling that it's somewhat unlimited and you can use all the resources you have in the data center. If you continue this way of thinking into the cloud, then it means you're not going to achieve any of the cost efficiency. You will just change from capex to opex so before a company actually embarks upon the journey what are kind of the key considerations that they have to think about first before making this move so i think one one of those things that you need to take into consideration is whatever you plan now it will be different in two years so the recent migration um, we've been in actually two years of work so from the assessment to the to the preparation to the execution, let's say it's about whatever you have like an expectation before that, and then you can imagine that, um, this project actually that we executed was running, pre-running at the organization a bit longer, right? So whatever you had in doing the preparation phase at the organization for which you end up having a three years project in that, in, of that failure you were in and things change because so whatever you plan in whatever you think you plan well, and whatever you think after that, the expectation will come, will turn out different. The challenge will be to make sure that the, for instance, the processes in the organization actually adhere and respect that, or let's say appreciate that, while you actually, for instance, need to um, support budget cycles and stuff like that. So those are things that are non-technical, but in a project of this scale, you end up having all those reinforcements, um, or let's say, surrounding tendencies that you need to please. And this is very difficult. I think there's no way to, you can break this up before the project called migration. There's a way that you need to get these people who run the migration on the customer side, make them aware that a lot of things will be bending their realities they have. While we try to be thick as much as possible to their, let's say, experiences and the, the processes and the organizational foundations they have, the most of the cloud um, is not predictable. I had to smile there uh, while you're talking because um, I got reminded of a Mike Tyson quote, which I'll paraphrase, but goes something like, everybody has a plan before they get punched in the face, right? Which is a different version of each. No, no plan survives first contact with the enemy, right? So <laughs> planning is all fine and good uh, until things come up and you have to adjust. How do you cater for things like that? Is it like a, you know, 
token project management is like a waterfall approach or more of an agile approach? I guess that depends who you ask. There are a lot of um, big companies on the market that basically have predefined ways of doing things. And this is, to me at least, looks like a pure waterfall approach with um, really not much flexibility. But if you ask us as NordCloud how we do things, then that's a different answer. The way we are able to adjust to the to our understanding of how customer is ready for the migration, at what pace they might be ready to do this migration, uh, is something that is making us unique. And I have had a pleasure to run a few teams in NordCloud to uh, perform different migrations. And it was always looking different in terms of the um, the, the preparations in terms of um, setting the kind of a, a drumbeat for the actual migration. Um, and then, of course, also adjusting to how customer is uh, capable to come up with, uh, with the pace we are, we are setting. And all that is, of course, preceded with not only a proper assessment, but also a good understanding uh, in terms of how to plan the scene to make sure that all potential gaps are filled, that all auditability and compliance and all sorts of um, other important factors that uh, each company runs under are also catered for. And we make sure that we do the quickest the most lean and agile way of lining up or planning to make sure that we get the the quickest or the best results in the in the shortest time frame because the the migration time as such is always critical for from one point or another customers can have a business priority to do it quick data center exit and then worry later on. There are some challenges with the, with the change management, with the operating model, what you have still in data center and how you operate already in the cloud. There might be a clash that you want to minimize. So all those areas, all those considerations um, are forming, uh, an overall approach of how to perform the migrations for a particular customer and how to make this as, let's say, flexible towards the bottlenecks or the issues the customer is facing to ease them up and help them through this transition period. Yeah, it makes sense. I mean, each year. Each case, I guess, is different. Each customer works in a different way. So any cookie cutter approach or one size fits all high level plan for everybody is, yeah. I guess, due to fail uh, at one level or another. So it's interesting to hear that basically there's a different, different approach, a more, I guess, agile approach um, with customers towards 
uh, each customer and uh, how their journey looks like. I want to switch gears a little because obviously we're all cloud warriors here, cloud ninjas, and uh, I want, don't want us to sound too much like cloud evangelist that is uh, the perfect solution for everybody and everybody should do it. So in, uh, in all fairness and to maybe be a little bit more balanced, I want to throw one question out there, which is who is the cloud not for? Like, I'm sure there, there are use cases where you say, no, it doesn't make sense for certain customers, for certain companies. And one of you talked to when this might be the case and what circumstances this might not be the right thing to do for a given customer. So I think that's a good question. I think there is, um, good reasons not to go to the cloud is you either are, are having high speed on the air, let's say connectivity requirements and high speed requirements in, in a, in a mesh setup. So if you will, for instance, need to have extreme high speed within your data center or extreme high speed out of the data center with some other, let's say service, let's say, um, a broker going to the, uh, to the stock exchange that is not in the cloud and there, there you even discuss, um, uh, if you're one, if your cable is one meter longer than necessary, then you actually zillions of seconds, uh, you know, on, on, uh, on the time to actually make a deal or let's say, um, embed for a stock. So I think, um, you know, wherever you need to have high speed, um, I think, um, a local data center is actually probably the better choice, uh, where any kind of dependency applies in any kind of fashion it is. I also think that, um, you can actually create your own business model based on that you want to you know, operate cloudized or, um, but, uh, you don't need to have actually cloud-based operations because you know, go to some containers, they don't need to be in the cloud. So if you actually write uh, a software or you have your applications that are, that are in, uh, on the container platform, the, the location is actually, is becoming less important. Then you have other priorities about maybe costs or again, um, speed or whatever you want. So therefore I think there are several reasons to go, but I think the common denominator is connectivity and infrastructure is a commodity. Uh, and that's actually better served with the public cloud, um, because you have much more chances to either, um, grow or benefit from innovations or, um, scale up your, um, your operations and actually use your, as I mean, as Dr. mentioned for um, or it was due that you can actually use, uh, you know, um, automatic scaling to, uh, to a increasing volume, uh, or from, let's say user interactions, or let's say processing power, um, that you don't need to pre-reserve or, you know, over, or over provision. So this, I think, um, if that, if that is not enough, if that is not important, you stick to the, you can stick to the data center, but I think, um, the, the, the flexibility and the dynamics and, uh, innovation. That's when companies decide to move into the cloud and you already mentioned there's specific organizational changes that have to appear. Um, but one of them that uh, comes to mind for me mm -hmm. is, um, IT staff and, you know, their skills, capabilities and so on, because obviously there's a huge shift that they're to be made, right? You have a new toolbox, like I mentioned before, a new set of toys to play with new technologies to to take benefit of, um, but obviously the, the know-how, the skill set has to be there. And I'm just wondering again, from your point of view as to people, uh, you know, helping with that journey, 
what have you come across in terms of how companies rise to this challenge, what kinds of approaches they take in order to make sure they have people who can actually support this journey, not only the journey, but once they are in the cloud, you know, taking full benefit of it. There are, of course, different approaches. Um, there is no one good way. However, from what I have been observing so far, there are kind of two or three ways I see customers uh, or clients do or do not do this. One is neglecting the move to the cloud in general. So it is the same with this data center mindset. Whatever our IT teams are doing today, they will continue doing um, in this new data center called cloud. You can imagine uh, this scenario is not really the best one because in reality, it is not a different data center. It, as you mentioned, as we all mentioned, you do get a different tool, tool set. You do get a different technologies. You do get new vast number of services that you can uh, use, utilize uh, for your benefit. So without any change, you will not be able to prepare your people to utilize all those. And then the second part uh, or uh, the second idea that I noticed is when you really want to make this transition work in a way that you are understanding what will change in this new world what kind of skills your teams will require um, and if there will be any shift required if you start or change the service provider the managed cloud or the business as usual operations provider when you move to the cloud and then what would be the separation of roles and responsibilities, what would be the skills required, what new things and new technologies your teams can be doing and if they are up to uh, doing all this. So this approach really requires a proper understanding of your current landscape or current uh, skill set, skill matrix that you have in the company and then what it what it would require once you move over and focus on automations, focus on development, not only on the data center activities that have been done so far. So it's, uh, it's, it's really a, a very important thing that uh, is sometimes misused or missed, missed in general in the, in the approach. And in, 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 in a lot of cases, um, I have seen that um, there is kind of lack of understanding in customers' organiz IT organization, what will happen and what will change and what impact it will have. And this creates nervousness, sometimes frustrations, and sometimes uh, really so pulls some breaks uh, that you don't want to have uh, on your journey to the cloud as an obstacle. So it's really a mix of a lot of preparation and 
knowing where you want to go and utilizing hyperscalers or uh, service providers like NordCloud to help you with the upskilling in the areas that will be required for the future operating model. And also, you need to understand as an organization that actually moving to the cloud is an investment. And like any technology, it's a new technology. But although it looks on the surface to say, as you said, uh, infrastructure as a service uh, is basically a data center, replica just in the cloud, right? So what's, what's the difference? Not to explain. But, um, you know, you need to see that as an investment before you can actually reap the benefits. Um, you know, if you want to ride a motorbike and you don't have a motorbike permit, you need to learn how to ride a motorbike to actually have the benefits of the motorbike. Same here. You need to understand the cloud technologies uh, to actually have the benefits and, you know, make the best business for your business or for your organization based on the technology given to you. And it can be done through upskilling or it can be done when you're hiring, right, or hiring experts or can be done through actually outsourcing and actually, you know, getting people like us in the consultancy or advisory position to help you, right? It's all based on, which is based on trust. So this needs to be understood because, um, so shifting over and then moving forward, I suppose before, we'll not wait about this. Well, yeah, I want to circle back, Jan, and I guess that's for you. You mentioned um, a recent project and from all uh, what I know, it's uh, it's rather a big customer in the insurance industry. Um, I was wondering what are kind of the, you know, specific challenges that, that you came across in, in this particular project and how maybe you were able to, to help, uh, you know, overcome that because as, as often as possible, I want to try to talk more practice and real life examples than just theory. So maybe you can speak to that. This Customer actually had the experience of uh, consolidating or acquiring companies and through that consolidating data centers. So they already knew what it takes to actually consolidating data centers. And based on that experience for them, at some point of time, they're thinking, okay, let's move to the clouds. They already had a defined way of working and defined, I mean, making the migration and moving to the cloud. So they actually thought they, it's pretty clear. As the technology cannot be that um, difficult to underneath. The learning I guess from both sides, on our side, um, maybe not so much, but um, on their side, um, I think a bit more is that actually the technology underneath changes everything and whatever works in the data center that may not work the same way in the cloud. And uh, even if, let's say, um, if it's designed and architected that it should work, and you will experience different things you, know, you would never see in the data center. So one of those um, surprise is always is that, um, for instance, your application that works perfectly fine in data center just um, sucks totally when it's uh, when it's on uh, in the cloud because maybe the application is written in such a way that actually it um, keeps on hitting latency issues that you cannot eliminate. Uh, let's see, for instance, you you go and search, let's say, data or contractual data, and you go through five thousand contracts. In the data center, that response could be 30 seconds. Uh, and you, ac you accept that as 30 seconds, that's fine. I mean, that's just push the button, do something else. And when I come back, uh, when I come back in a minute, uh, I have everything I need on my screen. In the cloud, it could, it could easily go five to 10, 15 minutes because um, if the application is written the wrong way, it um, goes back and forth with each query into the database. And, you know, 
10 millisecond latency is nice, but seven, five times the times it's, you know, it adds up. So these kind of things, uh, you don't, you don't know them by, based on the experience of the data, not even from the consolidation, because, um, it's still a data center. Um, so at the end, these kind of things are really uh, important to understand that, um, there will be surprises and there will be surprises where you don't expect them. Okay. Yeah, I can only imagine how, how relevant the assessment and discovery phase of such a project might or must be. If you have a proper inventory at that time, everybody would say my inventory is up to date. And I think that's true. They, uh, they that's, that's assume that's the perceived reality. And it's, uh, there's no one, else, no one that can, that tells you within the company, oh, you're wrong, right? But when you do the assessment and you get what's the list of servers and you, and you get granted access to actually, you know, process them uh, or let's say, um, you know, get the specs out of the service by your uh, assessment or, um, let's say, uh, assessment tool. But the service is marked as a server and not as a database server. You don't search for the database. You end up having database license issues because you didn't discover those and your TCO suddenly gets wrong and uh, your migration planning gets wrong because you didn't plan for the databases. And suddenly you, your resource consumption on the other side gets bigger because you didn't plan for the databases. So in fact, as I said, these kind of things can happen and there's just nothing that's wrong. It's just that, um, even if people say we have, to, we have a complete inventory, we have everything done, everything is ready. There's nothing wrong with it. Um, it would be great to have a appreciation that, um, that's the best you can have. Let's see if that really just things. And it's not to try point fingers. It's basically the reality is in a migration out of in a DCX, you turn around every stone to you. I mean, you check every cable at the end because you have to unplug them. So I think Jan, it was in your, one of your publications or somewhere else where I read something along the lines that large scales, large scale cloud migrations can often face costly delays. And I read a number of something like three to six weeks per server, which when I first read that sounded to me like a lot, like, okay, what, what does that mean when, when there's a project where the plan is to move, I don't know, a thousand servers. So is that really the case? And if so, when, and other ways to potentially speed, uh, speed, speed things up in such cases. I think, you know, um, when you have a DC exit, which basically means you remove, you move everything out of your DC and play this data center into the cloud. Now, if it's 600 servers, you have to make sure that uh, 600 servers are finding their place and the data of 600 servers are finding a place in the application of that in the cloud. Um, you use, uh, you do the same stuff 600 times at the end of the day, right? Including around the, the shared with uh, services like um, storage, etc. For this, you actually need to find a way how to scale up the speeds uh, and, you know, to connect DVP to the cloud doesn't make it, uh, might be a big difference. It's basically how you can make sure that um, everything arrives on the other side the right way and you can operate that the way you want it. Um, if, for instance, and operate it yourself, you need to have your operation stuff trained and ready to actually take over the new environment and basically also make sure that the documentation is the right way. Speaking of inventory, you need to make sure that everything is connected with the inventory again. Those are all the tail, a lot of tasks. If you do it once or twice or 10 times, it's okay. If you do it 600 times, 
it's a lot. If you can streamline that, that's a, in my view, that's the big challenge. This is where things like, you know, automation, scripted migrations, um, migration factory approach, et cetera, the drone feed that Delta mentioned before comes in. Maybe you yes. say something more on that. Yes, exactly. Um, so it is indeed down to finding ways to automate this process of the migration. And it's not only a move of a service. It's also making sure that this, as Jan mentioned, uh, this move is already one way or another supported uh, in the operating model, in the service management wraparound is required. You need to have all the processes in place. You need to be able to raise incidents, service requests, change management around those new workloads that you have moved over. So this sometimes is really time-consuming. Um, so for large-scale migrations, it would be worth investing time at the beginning of the project to develop automations that will allow you to perform mass migration in a short time frame, relatively short time frame. Um, which then gives you this possibility to migrate thousands of servers, not in few years, but in few months. And uh, this also goes with other benefits. Um, if you have this process automated, then it means you are fault-free from human errors uh, for the migration themselves. So you have all the migration path tested um, and there is really or should be zero human intervention required in terms of how the scripts are working and then also thanks to that you get the new standards already in the cloud so you're able to build images based on that and automate the vending machine. So whenever you need a new server, you just don't go to the marketplace and, uh, and, and see something that is, for example, not compliant with your organization, but you're already having your organization's security vetted and compliant auditable um, AMIs, as we called. So we touched on before already on uh, how important it is to have a <clears throat> strategy, a plan before you embark upon this journey. Uh, Jan, I was wondering if uh, you want to add anything additionally to what we already talked about when it comes to, to preparing and having a strategy at hand. Well, I would actually like to highlight the importance of the stakeholder uh, on this strategy. So I'm seeing customers where the strategy is part of a company strategy. So for instance, you want to, if the company barks for three years, company-wide or executive-wide project, or let's say our strategy that that feeds nine to 10 to 12 projects and turning the company, for instance, more cost-effective. And one of these projects can be a migration to cloud. I've seen this. Now, that's a really 
great setup for this because actually these IT IT cost center thing as I mentioned before comes visible up to the highest level and it becomes part of a let's say purposeful strategy change or strategy execution. That makes a lot of sense because when you as we we experience that um, you know you will you will hit resistance you will hit and slow down you can actually enforce a strategy to be executed through that. I'm seeing other customers where the migration to the cloud is only on IT load. Um, so there, there is no business interest to get this done. And just an IT interest. And obviously in terms of IT, it's, it is important. And it's maybe even important voice by the CIO or CTO to the board, but it's still an IT project with no stakeholders from outside of IT. The project will not perform. It will hit the walls very soon, as soon as you have um, the first migrations. You will start with uh, willing people, people who are friendly to you and, you know, they are, they are interested to get them things quick. But once you hit people who actually have other priorities, you will delay. You will not make your time. You will not make your costs. You will not make the expectation of benefiting from the client. And that's the big statement differentiation of, uh, this is an IT project. Yes, but it needs to be at a night as a business. Excellent. So Thanks for that. Piotr, is there anything that you were hoping to talk more about that you feel we didn't touch upon enough, something that you want to elaborate on? I can only echo what Jan just mentioned. It is extremely important for the success to have all the aspects we discussed covered. So it's not only about let's move to the cloud, but it's also about let's make sure our staff understands what's going to change and what new skills might be required. Let's make sure that our business buys into this and is also pushing for this migration and then change in the culture like cost management, for example. It's no longer one big bag of money. It is then responsibility of each business unit or department or, or however companies are uh, differentiated. Uh, then uh, it is about making a, a very good or at least um, clear assessment of, uh, of what is in this scope of the migration, I think we covered the scope pretty, uh, pretty well already. It is important. I have seen projects where IT was asked to deliver the inventories and they were only focusing on what is working well in their data center and was not allowing ha, the hyperscaler or us to see more than that just to show to their organization how great IT they have. And this also is, um, is of course not a good approach because after all, you will start seeing all those dead bodies in the closet, as we mentioned, we call them challenges, but yes, they are some very old, nasty legacy things sitting in these applications 
and there is no motivation for optimization uh, in the data center mindset. And this also is something that needs to switch uh, switch gears and start changing. So I urge all companies to really look into this because it will also result in how good the business case for the cloud transition will be. How close you can end with the TCO, so with the future costs estimation in the cloud. Talking about debt and your legacy stuff, a personal story came to mind where years back, I was working at a company that was planning to get rid of Lotus Notes. Some of our viewers and listeners might remember what that is. Um, but uh, it's basically an email client that allows you to do a lot more than email. It can build entire applications in it as well. And in the specific case, when they did the inventory, a global company, lots of employees, it turned out there's literally thousands of those Lotus Notes databases used from everything from just personal organizational stuff in one business unit in one country up to you know, business travel approval and so on. And the scale was not clear at any level before they actually did a deep inventory about how many of those uh, freaking databases they actually were, what they used for, by whom and for what. So when you talked about, uh, you know, doing inventory for cloud migration, I had to be reminded of this amusing tale. Um, I want to try to, to finish on there, uh, on there loose notes to say on a humorous note but i was wondering since you have i presume both of you quite a number of those cloud migration projects under your belt already uh, were you ever invited to like a you know celebration party at the end once things were you know on the other side and uh, running somewhat stable to actually uh, celebrate an event like this are those events happening is that a thing and do you get invited to the people helping with the, with the whole process. I don't think uh, there is one answer to this question. It depends. Okay. Uh, but yes, I have been uh, experiencing that uh, in some of my projects when customer has indeed uh, called for celebration, <laughs> and it was. Uh, a nice, it was a nice conclusion of all the hard work, not only for the migration itself. Again, it's not only about the migration. It's all about the preparation. It's all about thinking through. It's all about having a strategy. It's all about moving on to optimization uh, later on. But having such a, uh, a closing milestone after the migration is always a, a nice thing for all people involved, all stakeholders and all teams involved in, uh, in, uh, in, in, in such, uh, in such a migration or delivery. So it is, it is really nice to have this feeling of fulfillment that you have done something and now it's finished. Now you can move on and start new things, but also there is time to reflect, to grab the lessons learned, of course, and to celebrate. Why not? 
effort uh, many times that it's important to celebrate important milestones and certainly, like you said, yeah. an effort that might take weeks, months, or even years in some cases is certainly uh, a good occasion to, to celebrate and to not only spend the time with all the people that you worked with uh, for such a long time in a business environment, but also, you know, loosen up and celebrate all the good work that has flown into that. See Jan smiling, so I can only imagine he remembers some of those parties as well. And like Piotr says, frankly, they're not just uh, a thing they of things. They do happen. They happen. All right. I think uh, yeah. we can slowly wrap things up. Uh, so I want to thank both of you, first of all, for your time. Um, that you spent here with uh, with me today. There's a lot of valuable things that got captured and hopefully uh, will serve our listeners well. And I know it's uh, each time quite uh, quite a big ask to ask busy people like yourself to take time out of your schedules to to uh, to yeah to spend with a guy here asking questions. So I appreciate that very much. Um, and yeah, I think that's it. Thank you both. Thanks, Neil. Thanks, Piotr. And I wish you all the best for the next cloud journeys that I'm sure you'll embark upon and help our customers with on a daily basis. We do hope yes. so. Thank you very much for having us. It was a pleasure. Thanks. Thank you, Vorti, for being a victorious. Thank you very much for having us. No worries. Until the next time. Thank you, guys. Bye. Until next time. Bye -bye. Thank you. Bye. Thanks. We hope you enjoyed this episode of the Cloud Core Podcast. For more information, you can always reach us at northcloud.com.